0: The Blazers lost to Oklahoma City of all teams, and we're going to talk hardly anything about it because on the Blazer Focus Podcast, we barely care. I am Aaron Frenchus of the Oregonian and Oregon Live. I cover the Blazers and actually had to watch that game. I am joined, of course, by my new co-host for round two. He came back. I can't believe he came back after round one. That just shows you how much he must love me. Craig Burnback.
1: Craig, how are you, my man? I'm good, and and it might show the opposite of you know how I feel. Why I'm back because I don't want you know I can't let you go untamed. You <laughs> know? Like so, somebody's got to be here to keep you in the limits. And don't speak for me. You you said you had to watch the game. I I don't know if I have to watch the game. No, I no. watch the game. I, oh, you, you have to. Oh, right. I, I mean, I don't know if I volunteered. I signed up for this podcast. I have a right. connection to the organization and I enjoy, I enjoy storylines. If not, and I enjoyed the first half a little bit. The second half was, uh, less than fun for even if you liked basketball, unless you're a diehard OKC fan. Cause I got to be honest, I, I, I respect my own knowledge of the game in the NBA. Uh-huh. I don't know half those dudes <laughs> on OKC. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, who? What? Um, Yeah, that was not a good, uh, that was not a good result for the Blazers in the second half. And it, and it brings up
0: interesting discussions out of it. And I think that's, uh, I think that's what we're going to do. Exactly. I mean, just real quickly, though, you know, it's one of these things where, I mean, the NBA is, it can be absolutely crazy. If you've ever bet the NBA, you know that you've seen some games, you're like, Oh man, there there's no way this team's gonna lose to that team. There's no way. And then they go out and they get smoked. It happens a lot. And this was one of those games where it was like, it was only minus four. I'm thinking if I'm if I'm betting, I'm taking Blazers minus four all day, and they lost by what whatever it was. I can look at the score, 98, 79 or whatever. Um but it's one and you of those things. You were feeling good in the first half.
1: Yeah, you know man, no, you're
0: feeling amazing. But it's one of those things where some nights the shots just don't fall, and they shot really poorly. And I don't think that's indicative of skill or either team doing anything. It's just the randomness of the NBA. Billups said after the game, I like the way we played. I like the shots we got. They just weren't falling. They were, what, um, 9 of 38. I'm trying to call up the stats here. 9 of 38 from three or something like that. I mean, no matter who you are, you're probably going to lose if you if you shoot like that. So it just wasn't that big of a deal, but it definitely didn't look good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was a stinker you know, and everything, I mean, that's just what it was. Yeah. Everything went wrong in that second half. Uh, your guy, and I'm going to call him your guy forever now, you know that. Oh, he's my dude. I, 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 I ain't, I
0: ain't. Yeah, I ain't, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I ain't
1: challenging. It was, you know, he had a chance to, like, break up Blazers' record if he could just get to the four three-pointers, and I thought, he's going to get to four? How hard is that? And he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't. and he couldn't, you know, and nothing he went, and Nur- Nurkic took great in the first half, and not so great in the second half. Um, yeah, and look, you, you can't score 80 points in, in in the NBA nowadays and win. It's just not – it's it's not Bulls-Knicks, you know,
0: 1992. <laughs> you know, like, it ain't going to happen.
1: So well, I think Heat I just Knicks. picked the year I think the
0: I, I think the Heat-Knicks had some games that were 78-75. Oh, 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 no doubt. <laughs>
1: and, for, you know, and I love them. Like, now I wonder, like, was I just – did we just not have cable? You know, like did we think anything was entertaining back then? Like we we certainly didn't have the internet uh, as at the level in which we have now. Because gosh, I can't. Feels like college games, which I struggle to watch. So yeah, it was not it was not what the Blazers you know wanted. And OKC had lost seven in a row. They were out without their best player, and it just you know the only thing that was fun for me is watching a little Josh Giddy. You know, I've I've watched him a little bit, and the one thing I noticed like one point he's like standing next to to smith and i'm like i had to recheck his height i'm like is he eight (laughs) feet tall like what is this guy he's six eight aaron this world is crazy now he's a six eight true like non-shooting point guard you know (laughs) it's wild that we we have this in the nba now where these a 19 year old kid walks in takes the ball and it's like, I'm the point guard. I'm going to be co- more than competent. I'm going to be really good. And I'm going to do it in a six-eight body.
0: Whew. Yeah. I Luca, mean, Luca's doing some of that too. Yeah. But yeah, yes. he did it in 19. But yeah, it is, it is kind of scary. If we get to the point where every other team has a guy like that, then magic was the most right. unique thing back in the of 80s. Course. And now, if we That's just get just to the point where it's like they're all over the place, and yeah, that changes everything. Okay. So moving on from that, they're one and two on this trip. They got the Lakers. Uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday nights. Um, I think they're going to lose that game, but anyway. So I'm going to make this about me for a minute, <laughs> which I really? rarely ever, which I rarely yeah. ever do. <laughs> I rarely <laughs> ever do that. So I'm covering this team on a day to day basis. You know, I'm on every zoom pre post sometimes pre. I just never have anything unless, you know, I'm doing a feature or something like that or injury question, but post game, I'm just like sitting there like even. You know, even the Bulls game, it's like, okay, there's no way they were going to beat the Bulls. I mean, that wasn't going to happen. So what do you even ask about? What, what, what are you even looking for in this game? And then this one, it's like they just shot poorly and they lost to Oklahoma City. And, and I've been trying to continue to report and write as if this team is trying to climb the standings and get back into the, you know, higher into the playing around and maybe even get six. And this loss is a, hurts them. And this win helps them and blah, 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 blah. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, none of this stuff matters. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they get to the play. on that's a bad thing. They should want to lose, but I can't necessarily report it like that because when you talk to the team, they're not approaching it like that publicly, but I want to play. I just had to ask CJ last night, just about the whole idea of Still trying to climb and make the playoffs and then coming off a loss like this. Like if you're trying to climb up the rankings, the last thing or rating and standing, excuse me, the last thing you want to do is lose to Oklahoma City minus its best player. So let's hear what CJ had to say about the playoffs. Do you guys still feel a motivation to try and catch teams and move up? Is that still something that's driving this team?
2: For myself personally, absolutely. I'm in the playoffs eight straight years. We'd love to go to the playoffs next
0: straight year. So. Um, it's definitely something that's um, the forefront of our thought process and why I play
2: the game, for the game to win, and get a chance to play on that stage each year. So it's definitely what we're looking forward to, um, Opportunities to play, and uh, obviously have a lot of games have to be played
0: and try to be better, give ourselves for that type of chance. So, of course, CJ is going to say this, and I believe that when he's on the court, when they're on the court, everyone's trying to play to win. I think Billups is trying to coach each, to win each game, but... I remember last year when they were really battling and trying to figure things out, and when CJ went out and Nurkic went out, and they were playing games and trying to, you know, remain in the hunt and et cetera, et cetera. And when, when they lost, there was a feeling of, oh man, this really sucked that we lost. And when they won, there was a feeling of, oh yeah, this is good that we got this win, et cetera, et cetera. Now there's there's no feeling like that after any of these games. I totally absolutely can feel the vibe that they care. Because they're competitors, but they don't actually 100% care that much. What do you think, Craig? Because at the end of the day, losing is not that. Like, Okay, one more thing real quick. I feel like everyone's waiting for something to happen. And that could be the trade deadline. Either they get past the trade deadline and this is the team they have. And they're like, hell, let's try and make a run. And Dan's going to be back. Or they're waiting for a bunch of guys to get traded. And then now you know you're in tank mode. I just feel like this team is just waiting for something to happen.
1: I'll say a few things. One, this is why we talked last time, tanking ain't easy. Like it's just not that simple. <laughs> I'm just saying players don't tank. You know, CJ didn't go one for six from three because he missed five on purpose. You know, he didn't shoot well. And the players that are out there are playing as hard as they can. And Billups can't coach to lose. Um, so, but, you know, they're, they're, A, they're undermanned. So there, there's difficulty there, but. All organizations struggle in transition. There's a million management groups, uh, management books about managing in transition, how to lead in transition. And Mm -hmm. the Blazers are in transition right now. They're in this place where this is not, they cannot remain where they are, right? There either has to, either Damian Lowe is going to come back at some point, maybe it's next year or whatever, but this is not the core of their team, or there might be trades. Or in the offseason, there might be, you know, trades. They know that this roster is in transition and not just the roster. They have a new coach. It's still new. You know, a half a right. year is not done. Right. Their president of on the business side has left and they have a new president in Dwayne Hankins who at least they know. But. It's new leadership there. And then, of course, the biggest thing for the team is Joe Cronin is now the general manager. And Neil O'Shea, who's been there for every one of these players' career, you know, the ones that are significant and matter, he's gone. So suddenly they have all new coaches, all new assistant coaches. They have a new general manager. Their best player is out. The trade deadline is upon them. So transition, operating in transition is a difficult thing for everybody who works in a team atmosphere. So they're going through that too, cause they're not immune to it. Now are some of them 20 years old or 21 years old and not aware of that, you know, what that, that is the working in transition. So yeah, it's hard. And you know, that winning against Oklahoma city, maybe for the, what you want and what might be in the best interest of the franchise, uh, is a bad thing. Nobody there in that room thinks that you know, can think that way. You just can't. So, yeah, I think that sometimes we forget that sports teams and sports organizations are have a lot of similarities to the reg, the real world. And that's what they're doing right now. They're somehow trying to manage and play and operate under great transition.
0: Very well. And one said. of those
1: people, and one of those people that's in this weird place is the guy you talk to, CJ out for a month because his lung collapsed, which is <laughs> a scary injury, you know, and he's out. He has a kid, which we all, know, once again, real life, sometimes we forget about it. Talk about changing your life. And oh yeah, he comes back to a team where there's no Damian Lillard. Suddenly this team that was hoping to get you know, had vibes of a top four finish and playoffs were, were almost a given in their mind. They're struggling. And, uh, oh yeah. In the past when Damien was out, CJ knew his job, right? Score, score, score. Everything goes mm-hmm. through you. He comes back and suddenly, uh, excuse me, Mr. Simons, what, can I, what are you doing out there scoring 30 a night? So what are you seeing from CJ on the court? Um, and how do you think he's going to handle uh, the the rest of the season, or at least up until the trade deadline and something happens? I mean, dude's a
0: pro. You know what I mean? Yes, like he, he he knows his name is out there. He's known it for a while, obviously. Um, he knows there's a new GM, his new coach, and that I'm sure he has an idea that they probably would move him if they could get the right deal. Um, but I, I'm looking at his numbers for the month since he came back. He's shooting fifty percent, forty point six from three, averaging twenty one. 4.7 and 4.2 so he's doing CJ like things he's clearly not trying to like take over take over which yeah. we all know he's capable of doing um Simons is running the team at the point but that's i mean other than I mean, to me that's a, a less dominant obviously it's well, not to me factually it's a less dominant alpha male at the point next to CJ so CJ is the alpha male on this team right now um but he's not uh, you know asserting his dominance and saying give me the ball he's just sort of doing what he does and playing the right way I mean, last two games, I mean, even the Oklahoma City game, he's the one who showed up 60% from the field, basically. But yep. He missed some threes, obviously, but he didn't force it. He didn't go one for 12. He went one for six. Um, And the Bulls game, he had a great game. So to me, like, this is why I just think he, he – the only reason I could think, think that he wouldn't have a lot of trade value is the contract. But if you're a team in contention and you got the pieces to move, the contract doesn't matter because you're just trying to win. And sometimes you overpay to win. But I'm looking at this guy and I, I just – if I'm a contender and I need some scoring on the perimeter, I want this guy. Because anyone better than him is probably going to be untouchable. Because he's he's a set, he's, he's a right there. Right below All-Star. <laughs> you know what I'm right saying? There. Yeah, yep. he's right there. And so that's why I always thought the Philly fit was perfect. Because in for all the whining and crying about what Ben Simmons didn't do against Atlanta, what they clearly needed was someone who could create their own shot to play off of Embiid. The final play of that series was Embiid getting the ball out beyond the three-point line and trying to do some kind of spin move to drive, and he turned it over for the eighth time. Well, the ball should have gone to McCollum, who's going to go one-on-one on somebody. If he draws a double team, he's giving it up, and maybe he gets to Embiid one-on-one or what have you. They need a guy like CJ. So I still think that is a good trade for both teams, but clearly, as of right now, it doesn't seem like Philly is interested. But I'm looking at his numbers. I, if I'm a contender and I need a scoring punch, I want this guy. I
1: agree. And the other thing about CJ is you talked about him being a pro. I mean, he's beyond being a pro, like he's a leader and he's, you know, his basketball IQ is, you know, off the charts, his overall IQ is off the charts. Like he's a guy that will know how to navigate a locker room as well. You know, he'll, he can fit in. Um, I, You know, the thing with the Simmons trade is just how much, what else do you have to, to give them, and what the play? Do they have enough? You know, the salaries can match up, but you know that CJ for Simmons straight up is just that's not
0: that's not something Philly would be interested in, right? Because Philly is drunk right now. Philly is just they're they're getting punked by Ben Simmons. Get right now, because here's the thing: you can't say, "Oh, I got a three time All Star. I'm not trading him for CJ McCollum." No, you don't have a three time All Star. He is sitting out. <laughs> True. <laughs> he is right. sitting you out. So you have zero right now because you misplayed your hand. You disrespected this guy, and then you're trying to hold him hostage because he's great. Well, if he's so great, why would you disrespect him the way you guys did? So I'd rather, if I'm Philly, I'd rather cut my losses and take CJ, Nasir Little, and some picks. And, and then the, you don't even have to do salary matching because they have the same contract. So yeah, if I get trikes, CJ I get Nasir, work. it's just the town. Yeah, if I get CJ and Nasir and a couple of picks, if I'm Philly, I'm taking that. Are you really going to do better? I don't, I don't. I haven't heard anything out there that's better than that. Jason Collins from uh, John, me, John Collins from Atlanta. If I could get him because he's a bigger, yes. athletic guy, more athletic guy, I would probably do that instead. But I don't think that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I don't know if Philly is going to do better than trading for CJ and Nasir and some pigs. Like I, if I'm Philly, I do that.
1: Yeah, it'll be, and what would be interesting is if you know, with Ben Simmons back, it would be definitely you'd be more. If that trade happened, you'd be more interested in the games, wouldn't you?
0: Dude, I'd be fired up. <laughs> I'd be traveling again. If that if that trade if that trade goes down on the tenth, I'm going to Milwaukee and Memphis a few days later to cover every move Ben Simmons makes. Now the season is going. to – Even if they suck, still try to tank. I want to be. Yeah, now it's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, it's not going to happen though. I don't think it's good. I mean, Damn I I'm still hold now. The, I mean, look, I have no idea. Philly, it's wacky. Like you said, the whole thing is wacky. Like no one thought at this point, I that they would just be status quo. I mean, I think it either he was going to come back and play and finish out the season, you know, or he was going to get traded. I mean, it is such a weird situation to have this player at that age and for the player, to just be hold tight. You know, he's like, Dude, no, I'm he not going. He's like dug I'm in the heels.
0: He, exactly. He's like a little kid I mean, you're trying to drag out of the toy store. He's holding on for dear life. He's and not, and not getting paid. You know, like, yeah, he's, I mean, he, he's who he's knows? Oof, it's crazy. But he's got so much of it. Now, this, now look, he. if the trade deadline passes, well, now he can't be traded until the offseason. So he might say, okay, I've eaten enough money. I'm going to go ahead and make Fifth or I guess we don't prorate it, it probably only be like maybe twelve million or whatever the rest yeah, of the season and play. But if he doesn't do that, then you know he absolutely does not care and has no intentions of playing next year. If this is what I want, Aaron. Half, what? This
1: is what I want. I want him to come and play. And I want Philly to at least make the finals. <laughs> like and be right there and maybe win it. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if he came back angry and they won? <laughs> And they won. And it, which is not out of the, you know, that's not crazy no, talk. That's not crazy at all. I mean, they're Philly's 31 great. and 19 without right. Him. Right. Yeah. And and B, and beat is if, you know, the only thing stopping him beat is his body. You know, because it does break down. He's fantastic and getting better. Like they could, you know, they could win it. They could definitely get to the finals. And I just think that would be awesome. And like it would be amazing if they won. He holds up the championship and then puts it down and says, I'm still, I still want to be traded. Yeah. Or
0: he refuses. He gets MVP and refuses to accept the award. You are listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. Let's go to trade deadline because we
1: started there and then we can go backwards a little bit on, on, I, just, you know, for the people at home. Aaron's got a list. We got a list (laughs) and he likes to go right in order, but I'm, I don't like, I just get crazy and I just want to flop. So I want to flow into the trade deadline. I want to ask you, like, are you – I know it's hard, you know, in COVID era. You don't get to sit next to the guys from all – you know, necessarily. You don't get to talk to as many people. But are you hearing anything? I mean, and what is your general feel? I mean, we're we're a little over a week away from yeah. the trade deadline. What, what's, what's the Fentress feel?
0: <laughs> okay. I, I – you know, what I've been told is that there's nothing – Big imminent, yet like there's, and even in the rumor world, there hasn't really the Blazers haven't really been link, linked to anything other than Jeremy Grant, which really I don't know. I mean, Jeremy Grant, I, I would take Jeremy Grant, but I wouldn't give up you know Anthony Simons for him. There's even talk yeah. of my Bulls giving up Patrick Williams for him, and I I wouldn't do that. I think Patrick Williams is going to be better than Jeremy Grant, but I think if you're the Blazers, you can get him. I think you would look into that. But what do you have? That a rebuilding team would want either picks and or Simons or Nasir Little. No way in hell I'm doing Simons. I I would do Little and picks. I would do that. But there's right. But the little the little the little situation is, you know, being out for out. the year and have right. A, and a but labrum. if you're Detroit, but if you're Detroit, you're fine with that. Maybe because you're trying to no. Well, well if, unless you, you gotta, think he's not. He's not going to I'm just that, saying he just never. had
1: surgery today. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah, had know, surgery his, today. his left shoulder. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, there's never any complications and injuries a, ever. Everyone comes well, right I mean, back it's
0: it's what, what, I mean, how bad would it have to be? Is It's not his shooting shoulder. It'd be like It's like a quarterback, a right-handed quarterback injuring his shoulder. It's like, get over it. You don't even need the uh, shoulder. For Detroit. <laughs> That's true. So Detroit, does. Detroit's trying to take. But it
1: does affect his trade value being out for the year. Now, it could help in some situations, like with Detroit, but it certainly That's doesn't, you, get
0: picks. you know, makes you know, it tough. I'm just saying. If I've if I had to give them Covington for salary purses and Little. They get Little to a first-round pick or two. I don't know if they're going to be better than that. We'll see. Who knows? But anyway, there's that. And then, there's of course, the Simmons thing, which they were linked to Philly. Uh, Portland was linked to Philly for a while there, but that has really died down. But like I said, what I've been told is that there's nothing – big imminent right now I do think some small things are going to happen something little who knows it might and by by little I mean Covington cuz I do not believe Covington's a part of their future plans so he's someone I could see them moving for even if it's just a second round pick or a late first to a contending team who who can use what Covington is still going to bring a lot I think to a contender even if it's coming off the bench and playing 25 minutes because he's a he's an absolute true 3 and D guy and he's a really smart player very adaptable to his environment. So um <clears throat> I personally think unless unless you know for a fact you're going to offer Nurkic a legit big-time contract and that he's going to accept it no matter what to come back to Portland, I think you have to trade him. You can't lose him for nothing. He's going to be unrestricted. So again, if you don't want to bring him back and or you're not sure he's going to want to come back and that you can meet in the middle on salary uh, demands, then you have to move him by next week. Otherwise... He's a huge asset that's going to maybe leave for nothing, uh, just like Lamarcus Alders did. So that's, that's where things stand right now, as far as I can tell.
1: So you do expect, so when you say nothing big, but you say Nurk's going
0: to get traded, like, I'm like, that's, that's, I mean, nothing big, big coming back. I'm sorry. I mean, nothing big coming back. Like okay. no, S- Simmons, even Grant, um, uh, Sabonis, like it, it's my understanding that as of right now, none of that is really necessarily in play. Yeah, to
1: me, the trade of Nurk is a big deal. And I, I get what you're saying now. It's a huge deal because it does change the direction of the franchise a little bit. You know, the, the expectation at some point was he was going to be a, a major part of the team. And the other thing is, you know, what, what does that mean for next year? You know, depending on what you can get back. I mean, they've got no big people. Like they got no big people. <laughs> it's a, it's important to have big people in the NBA and they don't have any. And it's, and that's not, and while, you know, their backup center's injured, he's not the future as a starting center. You know what I mean? Like suddenly right. you don't, and you, th- there's no young big on this team that you're like, you know, Oh, there's no Mitchell Robinson. You know what I mean? Like the Knicks have, they're playing Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson. They, they got rid of Noel. You'd be like, Oh yeah, they got the future right there that doesn't exist here. So I, I just wonder what that means for the Lillard conversations, which we always get back to, you know, what does that mean for the future? So, um, you know, this, it's, it's just an interesting aspect when you say like nothing big and I'm like, that's big. Yeah, No,
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> in, I'm in coming back, but no, I'm with you. I mean, it is, it is a big deal because of what he's meant to this franchise, but I, I, I just, I feel like he's having a great month. We just had a great month. But how many great months have he, has he had since that injury? Like he was great in the bubble. He was up and down last year and not happy. He was up and down early this season and not necessarily happy. He's happy now playing on a team that's rolling through him with no Dame. Is that happiness going to continue if things aren't r- running through him? If they go out and they get another piece to this team, and you've got Dame, that piece, Simons, and Powell, Nurk is the fifth wheel is he going to be happy or content being the fifth wheel because he's a big guy is he still true truly a defender uh Porzingis did whatever he wanted until he got in foul trouble and Vucevic did whatever he wanted so I don't know if Nurkic is necessarily the rim protector he was envisioned to be before the uh the leg injury so I don't know it's it's a fascinating question I I for I for one believe he will be traded and oh, here's yeah, the other thing: which, trade them, get something, and then you can bring them back. Yeah, it's just so hard <laughs> with the way they
1: amb- in, the, in Major League Baseball. That's no, they really easy. couldn't bring you them know, back
0: because they wouldn't have the money under the cap. But the, the, the cap, the
1: way the cap works in your own players, is just not that easy. Yeah, like in a, no, Major League Baseball, that's exactly <clears throat> what you could do, and right. here you can't. So that's why it is, you know. To me, I don't. That's the one mystery for me always is how did um, how does the team feel about Nurk? Like right now, to me, that's a mystery because oshea has gone. Obviously, he brought him in, and we know that O'Shea had very tight feelings about his own players. Uh, how does Billups feel about Nurkic, you know, in, in his heart of hearts? I, I don't know. There, you, you there know, was, there was know. a
0: game that, there was a game this year where Nurkic and Rocco both got benched for the fourth quarter. And it was almost like, Oh snap, what's happening? And there was some, there was some friction there. There was some, right. Billups was not happy with how Nurkic was playing. Nurkic was not happy with how he was being used. Um, and so who knows if that still exists just because of this month without Dane, which to me is like, how do you even read into it? Because everything's being done without your very best player. So of course things are going to be different and people are going to get different looks yep. and different touches. Um, so anyway, I mean, I just, I don't know. To me, it's if fascinating, the franchise, man. If the franchise were high on him, like he's our center. He's our guy. He wouldn't be in a contract year right now. They would have, they, they would have dealt with that already. I think anyway. All right. Uh moving along, let's get to uh, we mentioned him a little bit. Mr. Simons, my dude, had a bad game. I mean, he had a bad game. And it yeah, happens. <laughs> and I'm and I'm fine with it because you can't be the next Damian Lillard every single night. You're going to have I love how you switched. Nice.
1: You you started <laughs> when we first talked, it was he's going to be a, he's going to be better than CJ. Now you're just like He's the next Damon Lillard. Like I'm gonna say, he's
0: more important moving forward. I know you anyway, did. Crazy three guy. of sixteen from <laughs> the field, two of, of twelve on threes, eight points, five rebounds. You know, it, the whole team shot poorly though, but he was definitely at the forefront because, yep. like I said about CJ, CJ was shooting ploy from 3 but didn't jack up as many. Simons kept jacking up. <laughs> he was he was 2 for 6 at one point and kept shooting them, you know, bless his heart. He's a shooter. Keep shooting. He, he knew but, four. He wanted to get to yeah, four. He wanted, that he record, wanted right. to get that record. But, you know, what does it
1: mean? It doesn't mean anything, but you go ahead, you start. What no, no. The, my my one thing was, I, "Will he will he hit a wall?" You know, he hasn't played this much basketball He's never played this much basketball at this level, and he also, you know, considering he was seventeen when they drafted him, his last full schedule, you know, where he played every night, uh, these kind of minutes was high school. Uh, will he? And what will happen to him Wait, when suddenly 19. now
0: you can't be drafted to nineteen? Go ahead.
1: I I, I was I was. You're you know, jo- oh, you're exaggerating.
0: If you're exaggerating, <laughs> then you got to go to like thirteen. You can't okay, exaggerate by two years. You got to go to like. Anyway, go ahead. It's like a fifty percent exaggeration. Uh, he was eight. <laughs> okay, he was there. You go. There you go. That's
1: funny. Uh, I'm just saying. It's <laughs> been a long time since he's played considerable minutes for this long a run. And the other question is, he no no scouting report. You know, in years past, said we got to stop Simons. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it, you know, it was, wasn't it was Dame, CJ, Ner- it took a while to get to Simons. And if yes. Simons beat you, you were cool with it. You, you know what I mean? It just wasn't our night, y'all. What are you going to do? Like, uh, and and that's a big difference. You know, that that's All a transition right. for a player. How do you, you know, how do you think do you think last night was a result of that or was it just a straight up bad night? And you expect him to continue scoring 30, you know, 30 a
0: night, you know, I, 40, percent from three. I will say that with the back to back fatigue might have played a role in the second half for the entire team. He scored 35 yes. points, whatever it was. Uh, I think for him as well, 34 points. Um, but I don't think. That's going to be a thing moving forward. He had, He's going to have him today off. They play the Lakers. Thursday off. Come home, play the Thunder again, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to be fine. He Because even though he hasn't played this much as they started in the NBA, he's a youngster. And it's, and it's not like we're talking about we're four months into the NBA season he's played this main mids. He's only one month into the Anthony Simons yep. era. So <laughs> you're going to let that slide? The Anthony Bob, Simons era. Uh, the you're the era. that go? Yeah, Well, I was, well, okay. I was, I was going to really let you finish before like, I went okay. back at you. Okay. So I don't think Fatigue is going to be an issue with him. No, I do not. Okay. First of all. Because he's super ant. <laughs> oh, first of all. Right. An error is ridiculous. But shameless here's, fondness.
1: Here, here's what I did. Here's what I did for you. Okay. I gave, you <laughs> So you. this is why at the top you were saying how it's hard to figure out what to write about and what to cover. And you're looking for, I gave you a topic. I mean, that's what you can write about going for. I
0: write about him every second I can. It's ridiculous. I just say, but, he he but, does but an interview. Positive. I'm front row just asking him, hey, yep. like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> will you come to my son's birthday party? <laughs>
1: exactly. Will you come to my birthday party? Will you, will you come to my birthday party? <laughs> have, you, have you seen my car? I have I Love Ant bumper stickers all over it. <laughs> my Instagram account only has pictures of you.
0: Okay. I'll go that far. Only that. Far. Now it'll be kind of weird. But anyway, um, no, I'm a big Ant fan. He's a great kid too. Like, Oh my God. He is. He's just, I mean, he's, he's, he's
1: it's yeah. not, it's easy. He's easy to root for. He right. does. He says all the right things. He does most of the right things on the court. And when he doesn't, he owns up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Good he kept time. shooting. I like that yeah. he kept shooting. Why not? No one else? I, I always said this about Damian Lillard. When people said, you know, he he's he's not making shots, but he keeps shooting maybe someone else. I'm like, the best players look around and they go, oh, no, I'm still better than
0: you. I'm exactly. I'm still better than you, I'm you, better than you so I'm going to shoot. Right. And you don't know when it's going to flip back. But I'm just it's saying not that, like they, if you're two for 10, that doesn't mean you're going to be three for 20. You right. can make your next five shots. <laughs> No, their thing is this, I've shot a
1: million balls that you haven't seen me shoot and most right. of them go in. So yes, you've just seen seven <laughs> or eight that missed, but my brain has 47 that I made in a row two weeks ago. And right, you, exactly. I'm looking at, and I'm looking at you, you know, I'm like, man, nah, I'd rather shoot than you. So I'm, I'm happy with that because I think some of that, there was some worry about him being a little passive, you know, and would he be? And mm-hmm. I love the aggressiveness. What I'd like to see more of is he is so athletic. I'd love for him to to you know instead of go you know shoot the three, go hard to the rim because right. the stuff he does. I've loved seeing his pass passing, you know, getting caught up in the air, like you're not supposed to. And then at the last second, throwing some weird stuff to Nurk for a layup. So much
0: better at that. Yeah.
1: Oh, he has. It's been great to see, but that's what I'd rather, you know, him see than jack up threes when you're missing. But once again, he'll look at me and go, yeah, cause you can't make threes. I can, (laughs) (laughs) you know?
0: So why don't, you short, short, bald man. You should stop talking about it. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about and – and the penetration to the basket and all that kind of stuff. He's 6'3", a buck 80. Wait wait for when this guy is 6'3", 195. If he gets to 200, then you're going to see like more aggressive, more physical, more strength going to the hole. Something that people are going to look at and go, oh, crap. um, This is coming at I me. Mean, because his frame, I think, is definitely going to be able to hold – uh, some more weight moving
1: forward all right right well Who's just next? he's the next damian lillard and if you look at damian lillard at that age he, and you look damn. at him now damn they're God two God. different humans so you're right damn got yoked I mean, cj as well <laughs> that he did cj as well yes all right all right well i've got you know i've got some good news for me in yeah. a way
0: let's hear this it's bad news because brooke holds a damn guy i know it's like we, you gotta be delicate here no, it's Yo, terrible. I don't Brooke's want Brooke to get sick. She's the queen of Rip City. You got to oh, be careful. She's, she should be at home like off with his head, and then you're just gone. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: And, <laughs> and I there'll be no investigation.
1: <laughs> and I have, I 100% am not happy that <laughs> happened at all. And I hope, I wish her, I text her, I want, I mean, Brooke is, Brooke is the woman. She is awesome and super talented. And, uh, but uh, because Brooke is down, I got called off the bench. I'm going to be doing Friday and Saturday's games, it looks like. And they're home games, which I've I've not
0: hosted a home game. It's a different thing. Are you thing. ready for that? I'm not. Because the there might be a heckler there, about 6'2", two, 215, <laughs> bald glasses in the back going, Craig Stokes, while you're doing the brand Post. <laughs> I, I will
1: come off the set. I will come, come off You like, <laughs> like a velociraptor, <laughs> like a velociraptor. I will, like,
0: I might not be big, but I am vicious, hey, my friend. Listen, listen, you and I rolling around the concourse would be good for the Pleasure Focus podcast if we can Thank. get it on video. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm nervous. I'm, 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 I'm I, I, I. You
1: know, I always get nervous with anything, you know, because that's, that's why I'm bald. Uh, I've stressed <laughs> my whole life. But yeah, no, doing the, the, the home game when you're out in the concourse, I haven't done that. Now, of course, I've done a million live shots and I've been heckled, you mm-hmm. know, because that's what happens. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not happy with the circumstances. I want Brooke to come back healthy. But, uh, you know, and I, I also don't want to get COVID. So you better stay six feet away from me <laughs> I'll heckle <laughs> you with a mask. Don't <laughs> <it>. worry. Uh, so- <laughs> So, so you're doing the Thunder on Friday and then Saturday? Uh, oh, it's back yeah, to backs
2: again.
1: Yeah, oh, back man. to backs, which is good for my broadcasting ability because you bo- get like a
2: you I'm get boy, a, God, a little, little rhythm, boy, a little God, rhythm. A little God, rhythm. God, of course,
1: man. I'm putting up the schedule right now. You'd think I would know which game, but I'm just excited to be there.
0: <laughs> I got so, yeah. So we Friday got um, Thunder yeah, Friday and then the Bucks, Milwaukee. Yeah, Bucks. Yep. So, I'm boy, you God. know, one in one I, split, nice. I can't do thunder twice in a week. Here, here's uh
1: here's the thing. I'm I, I haven't since I've done road games and I did them all before they won a road game. Really, I haven't I haven't hosted a victory yet. So I, I want to host the victory very, you know, because I don't want it to be my fault. So I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for some thunder revenge on Friday. So and then you know maybe the Bucks upset, you know, be hard. I'm not sure who guards Giannis. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure who, that that's a tough guard, but yeah so Ooh, I'll be uh, back doing right. some Blazer action this weekend so you might actually see right. me we might have to fist bump we might <laughs> yeah, it's been a long it's been too long it has been I when was the last time I saw you it's been too long I don't know I think I Jeez. went to a Blazer game earlier and I said hey earlier in the year no I was at a oh, Blazer this game this season uh, yeah yep. Yep. yep yep that's how memorable okay. I was thank
0: you Wow, my bad. Right, well my bad. it's okay it's my,
1: this is my favorite time Ooh. my favorite time it is time for fact or fentress are you prepared i'm not give me a second <laughs> <laughs> do you want to flip-flop is theme prepared for no look passes
2: yeah i'm ready let's do that and then we'll we'll flip it
1: we'll flip-flop we'll end we'll with give
2: you. aaron some time to think all right so we've been discussing kind of the a sadness in terms of a team in the NBA, just the status of our beleaguered Portland trailblazers. Let's talk about a team that is good. How far do you two have the Memphis Grizzlies making it this year in the playoffs?
1: So to me, it's all about matchups. You know what I mean? Like it depends on who you, who, who you got and when I think they're good enough to make, make it to the, you know, to the conference finals. Um, but it kind of depends you know, who they end up playing and when, you know, like if they end up having to play the Lakers who have, you know, got suddenly healthy, um, that might be tough, but, you know, I think they're right where they, you know, they're, they're third in the standings. And if you asked me, I would say that, you know, one through five, I'm intrigued by where teams are health wise. You know, the Suns have been outstanding. If they're healthy, they can win it all. The warriors, obviously healthy can win it all. Um, the Nuggets and Jazz have to be healthy and on a roll to win it all. And I think the Grizzlies are right there, you know, that they could get to the – I don't see them winning it all, but I think they could get to a conference finals.
0: Um, I'm going to have to say that I think they get to the second round. If they're matched up against Utah, Golden State, or Phoenix in the second round, which more than likely they would be, they go down in that series. I'm just – I mean, they're playing very well. I just don't see them having – the, the veteran studs to get through CP3 and Booker, Curry, Clay, or Donovan, Conley, and Gobert. I just don't see it. And I love me some John Moran, but, but then again, look what, look what the Bengals just did. The Bengals have no right, right. to be in the Super Bowl, but here they are. And, and John Morant's a lot like him. You know, there's similarities
1: there. They, they're still, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not mad at you with that. I think that if the, I don't think they can beat a healthy Suns team or a healthy Warriors team. And I think a, a a healthy Jazz team would, I'd favor, but they haven't been healthy all year, the Jazz. So one injury uh, of, of their, of their players and they've already suffered one, um, significant one off the bench. Like the Grizzlies could win that. So but I'm a I, John Moran's well, in, fantastic. Yeah, injuries injuries changed
0: everything. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. All right.
2: Number two. Um looking at the Blazers' uh, salary situation this year, um, it jumped out that Andrew Nicholson is making more than Ben McLemore uh <laughs> as a Portland Trailblazer. So that brings up the question of of all the deadweight salaries in recent histories, uh who who's your favorite? Anderson Verja. Andrew Nicholson or Festus Azili.
1: Oh, Verajaw. Well, oh, I I could tell you how. Veraja was on like eight teams and never played. Like he got traded. That money just kept getting traded. And then remember he came back with like the, the nuggets, like or whatever it was, like for twenty minutes or something like that. Veraja got traded like after he hadn't played for like five years. So that to me is my favorite deadline. It was almost like the Rafael
0: Friends contract. Kept yeah, That was and... a good one. Yeah. I'll go with Vera Jow too, just because at least he was productive at one, at one time <clears throat> and he had the funky hair. And then all of a sudden he went from being productive to this contract that just kept getting, like you said, passed around. So yeah, I'll go with Vera Jow. As far as impacting the Blazers, the Festus Azalea thing did not work out, but I always, I always valued the, the roll of the dice there because the feeling was we have this money. Here's this guy who's really good when he's healthy. Is he going to be healthy? We don't know. But what the hell? Paul Allen's a multi-billionaire. He doesn't care. So let's just spend it and see what happens.
1: In a suit, he looked like he was going to play. <laughs> like he was going to be good. Just he happen.
2: spoke up in the locker room at one point, too, and was slapped down by, uh, was it Wes or CJ? Someone saying you're not effectively a part of this team. So I remember that being a, a fun moment. Um, all right. Last one. Not, not a sports one. When you're not watching sports, what show are you currently watching? So
1: I just finished with my wife, station 11. Oh yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I liked it. (laughs) I don't know if I liked it, but we want, we struggle to find things that we both like because my wife's smart and I'm not. So she wants to, she doesn't want to watch stupid comedy stuff. And I want just relief from the world at all times. So I'll watch anything, uh, that might make me laugh. So we watch station 11 together and, uh, it was worth watching, but I I don't I still after finishing it don't know if
0: I liked it. I am watching Ozark season four just came out, so I'm diving back into that dark environment where you're just kind of waiting for people to just get off, <laughs> almost like The Sopranos was. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. But here's, dude, there's I have Netflix, I have HBO Max, and I have Apple TV. And there are just too many things to pick from. It's it's become overwhelming. Actually, we just finished Ted Lasso too, but it's just like how do you decide? And there's so many good things on. Like there's so many intriguing. I can spend an hour watching trailers because the trailers are intriguing, and then you're like, oh my god, which one do I pick? I have troubles. So here's my big first world
1: problems. (laughs) Here here's my first world problem. Four year old. (laughs) So, like, there's so many things I want to watch. And I see Andrew's got two young kids too, like, you know, that I just don't. It's after nighttime. Yeah, well, well, not, we don't watch until. So, I watch a lot of sports. With my earpiece in and my phone like in my pocket and I pull it out so he doesn't know. Winter is good because I wear the hat even inside. So my wife doesn't know I'm multitasking. She doesn't listen. So I'm good, but you know, I'll hide the earpiece so that she doesn't know that I'm kind of watching the, you know, the football game or the blazer game. But yeah, I mean, like sometimes after putting him to sleep, it's, I get out. I'm there Cause I'll go, I'll go down with him and I'll fall asleep. It'll be nine 30 and I got like a half hour and I try to stay up and my wife gets all mad. Like, did you, did you even see that, that show? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, no, you didn't. You were sleeping. You were sleeping. I'm like, when did I get so old? When did I get so old? <laughs>
0: nice. I used,
1: I used to do the 11 o'clock news. I'd be up till two, three o'clock in the morning. Now ten I'm like, Oh my God. Who's up at this hour?
0: (laughs) Okay. Factor Fentress. Here we go. Hit us. Factor Fentress. All right. Aside from everything else, whether you think Billups can coach or can't, whether, you know, Dame's going to come back this year or wait till next year, or they're going to tank or not, whatever happens with Simons, Nurkic, whatever. The single most important storyline is what, in terms of contending or not contending in the next two years, is what happens with C.J. McCollum, because I firmly believe that if McCollum stays and he is your two guard, that I fall back to the same thing that only one team in the last 50 years has won a championship with their best two players being small guards and that they're not going to contend. But if they're able to turn C.J. into something that fits better as a wing, a four, even a five, and even if it's a player that's not quite as skilled as CJ but brings you defense and just length, that that's the path to maybe becoming a contender. But what happens with CJ is the most important thing that's going to decide all of this in the next week, three months, six months, two years. I got to go fact. I don't
1: necessarily yes. just uh- – <laughs> I don't necessarily agree, agree that you you have no chance of winning a championship if you keep them because there's other ways. But well, I I There's I, one I think other way. If you
0: flip if you flip a high pick for an elite right. player that's as good or better than CJ, then you would have a chance. I would again, say there's the multiple other
1: is, ways. There's multiple okay. ways like, we
0: don't again. know. Okay. Yeah. Like I said. I, I I agree. It hasn't happened I'm yet. It to and you. it's been. Just okay. just, just, shut just up. Just take and the say win. You. <laughs> take the win.
1: I mean, God, he got to argue you do against co- himself.
0: You do, no, you threw a caveat out there. I can't handle
1: no, no, it. It's got to be clean. No, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, it, I'll no, be, go ahead. Your, your statement was it's the importance. The importance, I agree. I'll just say that I do see that the Blazers, there is a path. To, there was a path before, and there could be a path again, though it's murkier. There was a path before to winning a title with Dame and CJ.
0: There was?
1: And I think think that there was. You know, I I don't. But anyway, fact. You got another one? Or is that it? Are you going to walk off? You threw
0: threw me off. You threw me off of agreeing with me. And so I had to create an argument because I was all (laughs) juiced and jacked. I get get pumped up for these things, right? I get myself rolling. I go argue with everyone in my house, including the cats and dogs, as warm-ups. And then you threw me off, but no, I, 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 I I'm glad you grew with me because I just don't see how, like, I, I just think that is the most important thing that could happen because if you could get a player of his caliber at a different position, I think now, now you're talking.
1: Yep. No, I think I think you're all right. All right, I'm good. Do you have a second one or was that it? I just came with one. I thought that all was right, that's cool. A so the way I want to end the show, I think, okay. right at the end, i sure. I want I, 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 I like to think like sometimes. I want us to give a song, the song that's kind of in your head for this week, and then explain kind of why. It could be as easy as because I heard it and it made me happy, or a little bit of a story. So I will start. My song that's kind of been, had me thinking this week is Pink Houses by John Mellencamp. And I will say the reason why is because Mellencamp's got a new album out, and the way it resonated with me is he, he collaborated with Bruce. So of course I care with Springsteen on three, of the three songs and I listened to it and uh, I enjoyed them. But then I kind of, I have my four-year-old and when I, things like that, he has a playlist. It's hundreds of songs now that we play. And then we add to his playlist, whether he likes things or not. And we had Jack and Diane on there, but that that was all I had from Mellencamp. And I realized that Mellencamp, is underappreciated because he got compared (laughs) at the times to Springsteen and like Tom Petty. And now in retrospect, we realize like for songwriting purposes, like there haven't been many better. So listen to pink houses. And I think you'll say, you know what? That's a better song than I remember. And Andrew Thien, who's younger than us is probably like, what? (laughs) Like, I don't even know if that resonated with him. Uh, but for us, you know, that was our time frame, right? Mellencamp was mm-hmm. like he was not. People sometimes called him the poor man's Bruce, but I think you should revisit his music. That's my song.
0: You think he was underrated? Yeah, underappreciated right? for his songwriting. Gotcha. Um, I have I have good rem- memories of him, and he has some he has some good songs. That I mean, Jack and Diane is the main one I remember. Um, he was not, hurt so, so good, you know. Yeah, he was not ever someone I would buy. I never purchased, but, uh, I recognize his hits as being good songs. All right. All right, what do you got? What are you listening to? Well, a song that actually, um, I actually listen to off and on a lot, but lately I've been listening to a lot. And then I found a video that kind of goes with it. Uh, Coldplay's Him for, Him for the Weekend. Familiar. All right. I'm-
1: It doesn't resonate hard with me. I wasn't a huge Coldplay fan, but I that. it's a big hit for them a few
0: years ago. But it features Beyonce. Oh, so I and I and I I love it when there's interesting collaborations you maybe don't see coming. And Coldplay and Beyonce for me was one of those. And when I first heard the song, because she's not it's not like a duet, she just sings um the chorus alone. And at first I'm like, Is that Beyonce? This is years ago. And then I figured out it was Beyonce. And then I went online and I searched how that came about. And this is really cute video of Beyonce's at, I can't remember, was it lead singer of Coldplay? What's his name? Jeez. I'm not a huge Coldplay. Yeah. I'm not a huge Coldplay guy. Although Chris Viva Martin, La right? Vida is a, it, is it, okay. Viva La Vida is freaking ridiculous song. That song is one, I think it won the Grammy, but that's, that's in my top probably 20s all-time songs, non Michael Jackson. Um, anyway. Yeah. But it's Chris Martin. Yeah, so Bobby, excuse me, so Bobby. So Beyonce's at Chris Martin's house and he had turned his little boy's bedroom into a makeshift studio. So like they're in this small room and Martin's sitting on this little mixer on the bed and Beyonce's in the corner with these black things on the wall for sound with this microphone down, right? And someone's filming it and she's laying down some of the vocals. And it's like this, you know, because Beyonce is like literally this bigger than life queen of pop. And she's just in this this bedroom with this black things on the wall, this microphone, and she's just going through these lines, just effortlessly because she's such she has such a great voice. And someone's filming it, and someone says, "Do you mind if they film this?" And she goes, "Not at all, sure." And it was just such it was just so basic and simple and just. For, and then you I read more about how they're friends and and stuff like that, and just a mutual respect and Jay Z and all this kind of stuff. And it was it's just it's just a cute little story of two people from completely different genres. One has a song. Oh, and then also Martin told a story, so in another video, about how he had tried to get Beyonce to do a song years ago, and Beyonce turned it down. And someone, I can't remember what interview it was on, but the interview asked, so how'd you feel about that? And he goes, no, nah, she was right. The song sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't worthy of her. But then that tells you then that years later, they're closer, and this song was worthy to her, and it's a great song. So I just find that endearing. And so whenever I see, hear, listen to a song, I think of it like that because I love when people from different <clears throat> genres come together and have that mutual appreciation for their, each other's music and create something fascinating. So, and so that was way deeper it than you thought. That was that way was mine was, I was simple, I right?
1: <laughs> like, heard us all liked it. Uh, Andrew, you got anything for us?
2: Oh man, Uh yeah. My my daughters are really into Shakira, so whenever, wherever, shake it. That's. That's in my, uh, in my head permanently. So, yeah, maybe the Blazers will win a game whenever, wherever. We'll see. <laughs> <There you laughs> That's go. all I got.
1: Awesome. Nice. All right. All right. Will I come back for episode three? That's the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're having way too much fun. You definitely aren't. Feeling okay. good. We, uh, and we did it under an hour. Congratulations. Beautiful. Good job. All right. That's it for the Blazer Focus Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button and let us know how much you loved us because we're amazing. And we'll be back with another episode next week.